To all the equity contrarians, this is Igli, and welcome to another episode of Equity Breakdown, where you'll find short, no bullshit overviews of public companies. Now, one thing that is certain after this pandemic is that consumers' purchasing behavior is permanently shifting online. As e-commerce is exploding, key features such as trust, transparency, frictionless spending, and consumer analytics will propel certain fintech players to dominate the $5.4 trillion global e-commerce market that is significantly growing. Now, there is a company that will be going public in December, co-founded by a former co-founder of PayPal, that claims to have that exact recipe for success in the lending space. Tonight, we will break down a firm. Ticker symbol AFRM, a company that wants to transform the way consumers buy and merchants do business. Now, Firm is a fintech company that provides installment loans at a point of sale purchase for you as consumers. In fact, I was on the verge of purchasing a Peloton bike thanks to a Firm's special offer, 0% interest, 39 months, $48.59 per month, but my own impulse was tamed. The company actually offers online and mobile platforms for lending and credit services for customers to purchase items and pay over a period of months. The company wants to accomplish three goals with their technology. So they want to deliver trust and transparency, responsible and confident spending for uh, consumers, and fluid conversions of sales growth for merchants. So tackling all three principles. Now, the platform has a couple of features, which consists of a point-of-sale payment solution, merchant commerce solution, and consumer-focused app. And the following features are present. So for consumers, you have an integrated checkout, so pay over time with 0% interest, virtual card, widely accepted payment method, uh, split pay, build fixed payment plans with specific timeframes for purchases under $250, a marketplace, so personal production uh, product recommendations as well too, and then finally savings. So if you as a consumer want to uh, use uh, a firm as a platform to save, they have an insured interest-bearing account with all the FDIC regulations. Now, from a merchant's perspective, uh, you have a couple of things. So the merchant dashboard, uh, it highlights transaction data, manages charges, review analytics on product performance and consumer purchasing behavior. So this gives merchants accessible accessibility to consumer data. Brand sponsor promotions. So suppliers now can provide brand-specific promotions and offers can be personalized based on consumer analytics. And finally, integration. So direct API uh, provides a smooth site integration into payment and product pages with dedicated support team. So you can see here that not only is the implementation seamless, but there is a lot of value that merchants can gain from the platform itself. Now, of course, in terms of the technology, the tool uh, leverages rich data landscape from deep behavioral financial shopping and payment data, as well as capabilities such as fraud detection, credit check functionality, and pricing. And the company's mission, as stated in their S1, is to deliver honest financial products that improves lives. Now, commerce is experiencing transformation, as I mentioned, from positive effects of technology. The simple interaction between consumers and merchants are now changing after years of limitations. So in the past, consumers experienced complex payment options, opaque fees and penalties, and lack of flexibility to complete or tailor purchases, which in result ended into defaults. Merchants, on the other hand, were also limited to offering consumer-friendly solutions. Discounts were not used based off of data insights resulting in loss of brand value, and they received no benefits from old legacy payment networks. Now, new trends have emerged in the industry tackling the problems faced in the past. The biggest one, uh, which was a common phrase in the S1 uh, that a firm had, was buy now, pay later market expansion. 
So people want flexible payment options. Based on WordPlay's 2020 Global Payments Report, Buy Now, Pay Later is the fastest growing e-commerce platform. In 2023, it is expected to be 3% of the e-commerce payments. In actually EMA, EMEA, so in the Middle East and Asia, it already accounts for 6% of the e-commerce payment network with expected growth to 10% by 2023. So in the global markets within the Middle East and Asia, that market is actually experiencing faster growth than here in the US. And another element here is Gen Z millennials. So 25% of millennials do not carry credit cards. That was an interesting fact on my end uh, that I that I found out. Uh, over 160 million people in the category prefer to build relationships with brands and receive engagement. And according to the Harris Poll in 2020, 64% of Americans aged between 18 to 34 years prefer financial products through a technology platform. Now in terms of market opportunity here, online sales grew 20% to 3.4 trillion in 2019 and accelerated in 2020. By 2023, it is estimated to grow to 5.8 trillion. Now, an important point here, e-commerce currently represents 14% of the total retail sales. And in 2020, it's jumped to 16%. So significant opportunity as this uh, shift uh, becomes permanent in the future. So based on Statista, 70% of millennials prefer shopping online as well. That's a mind-blowing number. This market is primed for growth and a firm is positioned to take uh, that spot. The TAM is broken out in a couple of segments. So e-commerce, $600 billion market opportunity with potential expansion to $1 trillion by 2023. Uh, in terms of the various different channels, $7.6 trillion was processed by credit cards in 2019. Virtual card and consumers being able to pay in-store with the application will shift this opportunity. And merchant marketing. So according to BTB lead, $1 trillion is spent by merchants to acquire uh, customers. So now with merchant marketing, uh, there's plenty of opportunity to go in and be very strategic using data analytics. Now in terms of the landscape here, so a firm earns revenue from both merchants and consumers. So from the merchant's perspective, a firm receives a fee of conversion of sales and offering of payment options. So this revenue stream amounts to around 50% of the revenue. So 0% APR financing actually represented 43% of the GMV, uh, the gross merchandise value. Then in terms of the consumers, so a firm receives interest revenue on loans that are purchased from their partnered banks and currently amounts, and that particular revenue strategy amounts to 37% of the revenue. So consumers are not charged deferred, compounding interest fees, late fees, or penalties, which is very common with credit cards. And then uh, there's an interchange fee from the use of the virtual cards, which represent about 4% of the revenue. And finally, uh, about 10% of the revenue is based off of the gain on sale of loans um, that uh, a firm also processes. Now, the following customer landscape is created through a firm's platform. So in terms of consumers, the company has 6.2 million consumers as of September 30th. 47.8% are millennials, 32% uh, are Gen X, 12.4% are baby boomers, and 6.8% are Gen Zs. 3 million out of the 230 million millennials participating in the platform. So that's that's a staggering number. 68% uh, of consumers access the firm through mobile devices. Uh, in terms of merchants, 6,500 merchants are integrated. Merchant base has expanded by 84%. Dollar-based merchant retention has exceeded 100% on each of the cohorts that they represented. And customers are concentrated in industries such as sporting goods, furniture, homewares, travel, apparel, accessories, consumer electronics, and jewelry. So a couple of customers are like Neiman Marcus, Peloton, Entopia, Nutribullet, Shopify, Eventbrite, and so forth. 
Now, the company does have a couple of core strengths to dominate the lending space. First one is network effects. So as consumers increase in using a firm, merchants will gain significant value by understanding consumer insights. This will attract more merchants to participate. And as a result, more merchants that are integrated, better solutions will be offered with uh, uh, to attract more consumers. So as you can see here, this is a closed loop circle that consistently expands uh, with a lot of improved efficiencies. And then you have the engineering team. So anytime you look at these technology companies, you want to make sure that they have the best talent. Uh, and right now, 47% of the employees are in technology or engineering related roles. A uh, firm can easily be integrated through the direct API, regardless of the size of the customer. And additionally, they design their own ledger to handle point in point reporting on millions of concurrent simple interest obligations. So you can see here, they have a lot of talent that are building in-house products. Uh, and then you have proprietary risk models. So the company prides itself on assessing risk better than competitors at a transactional level. The company approves 20% more customers than competitors and uh, resulted in a weighted average delinquency rate of 1.1%. So the company can quickly and accurately assess price and manage risk. So technology infrastructure. So the infrastructure to source, aggregate, protect, and analyze data is considered a moat for a firm. The company uses 7.5 million loans and six years of repayments to retain their models. They can leverage SKU level data, which uh, is a skill set here that that technology offers that competitors do not at the moment with their claim uh, with their claims on ml uh, machine learning capabilities which can detect fraud price risk and offer uh, custom solutions to consumers now in terms of competition and risks uh, so in terms of competition of course the company's primary competition is legacy payment methods such as credit and debit cards mobile wallets and other pay overtime solutions so big banks are the biggest competitors at the moment so jp morgan bank of america capital one and then PayPal, Afterpay, and Klarna. Uh, now, some interesting point, points here in terms of risk. Revenue is concentrated in one merchant partner. So top merchant partner, if you guys can guess, Peloton, which represented about 28% of the total revenue. Uh, top 10 merchant, uh, merchants represented 35% of the revenue. Now, this is a risk because if the home fitness trend fades, when things go back to normal, this can severely impact a firm, um, if that happens. Then you have agreement with originating bank partners, which is uh, non-exclusive and short-term. So in order for all this to succeed, of course, a uh, firm has to partner with a bank and Cross River Bank is their partner and they originate a substantial amount of loans that are present in the platform. So the current loan program agreement ends in November 23, uh, 2023, and they do not uh, prevent, uh, there's no agreement that prevents a bank from working with competitors. So again, high risk there. And then also funding sources are key supporting, uh, to uh, the firm network. So capital efficient fund model is key to provide a successful commerce platform. If the fund sees due to economic conditions or loss of banking relationships, then a firm cannot offer the flexible payment solutions that are core to its business. And now we'll jump into the composition of the team here. So the company is still founder-based and is composed of the following key members. So you, act, you have the CEO and founder, Max Lechin. So prior, Mr. Lechin uh, co-founded PayPal and served as chief technology officer. He then founded Slide, a personal media sharing service, and Glow, a woman's health company. So he's a serial entrepreneur with um, a lot of success under his uh, uh, on his resume. And then you have uh, Libor uh, Mikalek, 
and uh, he's a president and all, uh, and also leads a technology uh, element within the company. So prior, Mr. Mikolek served as engineering director at YouTube and Google and chief technology officer at Slide. Um, so again, uh, strong cohesion between the teams as they're both in the, the tech environment and they both worked at Slide. And then the final uh, individual here is Sandeep Bandari. He's a chief risk and strategy officer. So prior, Mr. Bandari served as chief credit officer at London Club Corporation. So you can see here they have a strong mix of entrepreneurship, uh, fintech experience, as well as uh, the traditional corp, uh, banking experience as well, too. Um, now in terms of financial performance. So the company has yet uh, to release its uh, target raise during its IPO debut, but based on some past rounds, we can see an increasing pattern. So in 2019, the company raised 300 million at a weighted average uh, share price of $13.18. More recently in their Series G, they raised 500 million at a weighted average share price of $19.93. And with the current outstanding shares, if we assume uh, the low and high end here, 13 versus 19, we can expect the company to be valued at 2.3 to 3.3 billion. But there are rumors that this can substantially increase, of course. Now, the company has achieved 509.5 million in revenue for fiscal year ending June 30th, 2020, which is a 93% growth rate year over year over the 264.4 million earned uh, in uh, fiscal year ending uh, 2019. For the three months ended September 30th, 2020, the company achieved under 74 million, representing a 97.9% increase. Uh, so again, very, very strong growth rates. Um, and then as of uh, June 30th, 2020 and 2019, a firm, uh, of course, has yet to be profitable with net losses of 112.6 million and 120.5 million. So these are very common for uh, these tech companies uh, initially in the beginning. Now, a firm, however, is showing significant growth, as mentioned, uh, their gross merchandise volume, which measures volume of transactions as a full year of uh, June 30th, 2020, increased by 76.9% from 2018 to 4.6 billion and 626% from 2017. So you can see here that that is expanding rapidly. Uh, the company also uses key metric known as contribution profit to highlight growth unit economics of their transactions and their platform. As a result, uh, so with gap uh, rules, of course, that's why they're producing a loss is because they have to account a certain expenses such as, such as technology, data analytics, sales and marketing and general administrative and so forth. Um, but if you uh, exclude those, uh, and the way that they measure, uh, contribution profit, and you can see here, it'll be highlighted in the chart below. Um, this actually results in $180 million, which is a 3.9% contribution profit over the $4.6 billion gross merchandise volume in 2020. And then uh, Affirm has also experienced increased customer engagement, which is very key here. With 77% increase year over year in 2020, transactions per active customers has slightly increased as well. And based on the most recent customers base, repeat consumers spent an additional $2,200 in the next 12 months after making uh, their first purchase on a firm, which is, which is important here as well. So not only do they have consumers coming back uh, and spending uh, more as well after their first purchase, but you also have strong customer engagement. And as mentioned, the company does depend on funding relationships with banking partners to continue scale and ensure low consumer acquisition. So to date, they have 4.2 billion of funding capacity. So a firm 
in order to continue its trajectory, plans to grow with the following strategies. So first, expand to higher frequency purchases. So they do this by consumer reach, increased brand awareness through different channels with additional customer features, such as managing debt obligations as well. So you have the virtual card, you have the savings account. Next step here is how do you also manage uh, personal finances here to then also uh, propel uh, consumers to spend uh, responsibly. Um, you get that and, and they're, and they're atta attached to this platform. Uh, and then merchant reach. So firm will be working with Shopify. This is a new recent announcement. So US, US merchants can, uh, offer buy now, pay later to their customers. So not only to consumers, but to their customers from a B2B perspective, which is an untapped market as well too. Um, and then the final thing is expand to new markets in Asia. So of course, as you, as you guys saw, e-commerce is expanding uh, drastically, but it seems like in the Asian markets, uh, consumers there have this figured out and, uh, and they love purchasing things online. So that's the next uh, market opportunity. Well, guys, you can access and download the detailed report, which will include the summary and company infographic for your records. And also, if for all those equity contrarians out there that love uh, to do a little bit of a deeper dive, I've attached some uh, additional uh, information here for you guys to explore. Um, well, I appreciate the support. Thank you. And on to the next.